What is going on, guys? And welcome to episode 15 of the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. Today, we have Gran on. No, I'm only joking. We have Lucio <laughs> Sullivan. We, uh, me and Johnny, obviously, you've all met Johnny before. We called this very special lady Gran for way too many years. Um, I don't know if she loved it or hated it or loved <laughs> us to hate it. Um, but I'm not going to do too much of an introduction. Lucy, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got into the fitness industry, your kind of sporting kind of journey? Well, you know, as uh, Simon's already said, that I am I am Simon and Johnny's granny. Um, <laughs> they, used granny. Take, they used to take the mick out of me when I coached them at the Jersey Sport Foundation and the rugby club when you were at Wee, Wee Burns in the academy. And um, yeah, I, it once slipped that I did knitting and had a cat. So that's how I became your gran. Um, but anyway, I'm, um, I'm actually a strength and conditioning coach here in Jersey. I've been uh, in the industry since oof, I finished my master's in 2012, came back to Jersey and was really lucky and fortunate to um, kind of go under the wing of John Scriven um, at the Jersey Sport Foundation. And I was um, like a, an assistant coach, I guess, there. And then I was an assistant coach at the rugby club. And then throughout the years, I managed to get, I was the head coach for the academy at the rugby club. Um, and yeah, and, and now I actually run my own PT business, Strength by Lucy. Love that. Well, before we kind of get into things, I want to say a massive thank you. And I'll speak on Johnny's behalf as well. Like I know me and him wouldn't be doing what we're doing or coaching and helping lots of people if it wasn't for likes of you and John and different people like that. And I think John's been mentioned in nearly every episode on this. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't even get him on. I saw him the other day and he said, we're going to get on. How long ago was it that we were, when did, when did we first kind of meet at uh, One Foundation? So yeah, it would have been, it would have been 2012 was when I came back from Nottingham. So I, I, I trained at Nottingham Trent University and I coached some GB people over there um and I was under the I was under Tim um Stevenson who is School of Calathenetics uh came back over here and yeah I was just an assistant coach and and I met you and I think how are we in 2012 were you like 14? Oh my god what's that eight years ago yeah it would have been like 15 6 to 15 yeah something like that oh so yeah so that's long crazy. so I'm showing my age now oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so, it's crazy because yeah, I finished uni. I was like 21, 22, and I was like, I know everything. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, I know nothing. There's so much to learn. We were, so, we were literally yeah. just speaking about this before we uh, kind of kept recording things. And it was saying how um, the more you know, the, le the more you realize you don't know anything. And right. I think um, we've spoken about this, like me and Johnny did a, the first episode on kind of our biggest mistakes. And it was thinking, you know, everything. Um, yeah, you know nothing. Yeah. No, and you never will that's the problem because no one no one knows everything and but the trouble the trouble is is that my degree was like 10 years ago now science has moved on so much in t in you know in two years let alone 10 years so the trouble is is that like we know nothing in the in the sports industry because everything's always changing so yeah it's, it's a really interesting sort of concept like when you just kind of dip into the pool we were saying like you know you dip into the pool of knowledge and you think oh I know everything about the bicep curl or something and then you're just like no there's so yeah. much more that could be like learnt yeah I think one of, the, one of the coolest things um I can't remember I was listening to an audio book and it was a strength conditioning one and it was basically saying how um one of the GB cyclists one of the SNC coaches they were just 
drilling them, drilling them, drilling them. And they were like getting their legs crazy, crazy strong. And they were like, your time should be so much quicker because your legs are so much stronger, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out that they weren't taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture. And it turns out their arms weren't actually strong enough to resist like the opposite forces. Right. And uh, it's taking that step back and being able to look at the bigger picture and constantly evaluating and adapting as we go. Which, which is nice, actually, which is why I think um, having like, junior coaches coming in so so when I started coaching under John and Pete and everyone I was probably throwing out information that I just recently learned and they're probably like oh yeah we haven't thought about that you know and it, it's kind of, as you said it like gives you that step back to and you know it's when even when I was coaching you um at the rugby but you guys knew enough you know you knew enough about your own training your own diets everything you were trying different things I remember you were like oh I'm trying this fasting thing or you know whatever it was you know it's actually good to get feedback from the athletes and stuff themselves because actually sometimes they know well they know more about their body than you do so that's the thing that's the thing is constantly listening evaluating adapting and not perfection doesn't exist everyone we can chase it we can try our best to get there but it doesn't exist um so where did this kind of pursuit of strength conditioning, um, high level sport, just like a fitness journey, where did it all start? So I am a very competitive person. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, it's a weird thing. Um, I actually did a, a test um, with the Jersey sports psychologist um, over here and they, my, my competitive scale was like 10 out of 10. Love and that. he was like, oh, um, you're a very competitive person. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I've always kind of strived for greatness. I've always strived to, to be bigger and better than I could be. Um, I think maybe it's a small person syndrome as well, that I'm always trying to be bigger than I am. <laughs> I'm very short, by the way, people. Listen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I basically, I started, um, my dad used to do archery um over here at Dallas Cell. so and this was you know we're talking like 70 years ago um and basically I just went into the archery route because that's what he did um turns out I have a gift for it I'm really really lucky and within a year I'd got on the GB team wow <laughs> yeah so I was 14 yeah it was absolutely crazy so like 14 years old had to go to England um you know was on the gb team and then it just it hasn't stopped since then well it stopped because of covid and that's <laughs> the first time it's stopped oh. but um yeah so it's been i've been on the gb team for what 16 years now so, i don't know something crazy i don't know <laughs> i can't do maths <laughs> that's insane so it's all, all it's all you really ever known is competing at that high level yeah so yeah exactly so basically because i compete at such a high level um it came to a levels and I was like well what do I do so I did I was like well I guess I do sports now because that you know I do archery I guess I'm a sport person I'll do sports I'll do psychology and I'll do biology and then I'll go to uni and I'll do sports um I actually really luckily didn't get into my first choice uni so I really tried to get into Bath because I thought Bath will be you know it's incredible for sports and everything but I actually got into Nottingham Trent's and it was amazing for me because I got a full scholarship. Oh, so Jing. thank you very much. It was amazing because at Bath doing archery, I would have been a nobody. Whereas at Nottingham doing archery, they were like, you're on the GB team. 
like this is incredible we don't have many gb athletes you know here's some money to compete so it was it was the best move and actually the course that was at nottingham trent was coaching and sports science wow. so that's kind of led me into the coaching route um i was thinking about doing psychology like after my dissertation and stuff and um if you want to be a sports psychologist you have to do a psychology degree and then go into sports you can't do sport and then go into psych so yeah, i was like okay <laughs> what are my other strengths i'm really good at the physiology stuff um and actually it was sport 981 some of the strength and conditioning coaches at nottingham trent that said lucy you know you're good enough you should be a coach here with us trained some of the other athletes that are on gb team and stuff and um the other stars athletes um and it's kind of yeah i've just been coaching ever since which is perfect because i haven't wasted my degree <laughs> <laughs> like most people do um, yeah i've got some friends that did you know really unique degrees and then just went into finance so i was like i'm not gonna waste my degree <laughs> nah, i'm gonna do something with it i will um, do something with it it's interesting you mentioned something about the like kind of psychological side of it. I've been doing some um, mindset coaching with a guy named Kieran. He's a high performance mindset specialist. Uh -huh. um, be interesting. Where do you think your drive comes from? It's a hard question. I don't know. I think, I think it's anyway. Like, do you ever play board games? You know, family do's and stuff and you just you just want to win yeah. yeah so i'm just naturally just want to win at you know silly ball games um but then you put that into an actual focused thing like a sport and it just it just goes mad like yeah i i don't know i was very competitive yeah. and my my dad actually he was my coach um and he'd he'd always he'd always joke like if i didn't win a competition he'd always joke and be like well that's it you're not gonna get dinner tonight but I was always a bit like, oh, is he joking? Oh, I'm not sure if he's joking. So I think it really like made me super competitive because I was like, okay, I've got to be the best. Yeah, it was a little bit nature and nurture. A little, yeah. Little I'm going to say it's both. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's cool. It's cool. Super interesting as you start to kind of deep dive a little bit and kind of um, like I, I see myself, I'm super competitive. I'm always like, what's next? Like massive growth mindset. But yeah. I, always, I always question myself, where does that drive come from? And it's a hard thing to think about but you you i think i think with you especially because you're you were originally an individual sport an athlete yeah as well but individual sport people i think we tend to be a little bit more competitive because it's all on you whereas in a team it's on everyone and you have to work together whereas individually you really have to like if if you're not the best you're not going to win so it's all on you and you you started as a tennis player mm -hmm. and i think that could have been what made you like so good as a rugby player because you had that mindset to win yeah from an individual sport yeah but i'm you know i'm just hypothesizing here so yeah, it's, it's super, super super interesting when you start deep diving on stuff like that i love it the more and more i get into like the mindset stuff it, it absolutely fascinates me i love learning how people tick um yeah. I think that's one of the most important things um How's it been trying to excel in a sport in Jersey? Oh, so, I mean... <laughs> We've opened up a yeah. couple of worms there. <laughs> uh, do you know, Jersey's, Jersey's always been very supportive of me. Um, and I'm going to say it's because... I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, but I'm going to say it's because I'm a big fish in a small pond. As soon as you go to the UK, you are, you are a tiny, tiny prawn <laughs> in, a, 
in a massive ocean. So even at university, I was really lucky that Nottingham Trent was quite a small uni. Had I gone to Bath, I wouldn't have been known for sports. Whereas in Nottingham, pretty much like all the lecturers knew that I was a GB athlete and they gave me a little bit of compensation for, you know, if I, if I was late for handing in work or anything like that, they, they knew. But if you're in a bigger university or, you know, a big city, they, they you know, you wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have had that compensation. Um, now with Jersey, I feel like it's a little bit the same because it's a smaller place. My name can get out there a bit easier. So I, I'm more likely to have sponsors over here, especially, you know, archery is not a popular sport. Um, so I think, you know, for me, it was the right move to come back to Jersey, to, to my home, you know, live with my parents so that, because that's the only way athletes can really live at the moment is living with parents. Um, because all, the, all your money, all your income has to go for travel. So it was a bit of a... A toss up between do I live in the UK have less exposure to like media to like actually get my sport out there um but cheaper travel or do I live over here and I have more exposure I have more support you know I have a home for free essentially um but then I have to travel so yeah it's it's really hard like I know um Zane Dukeman he moved to the UK um I think he moved to Loughborough actually um he was a shop putter and now is he discus? Can't remember. But I mean, he no, but he moved to Loughborough. Um, but it there it's really you know athletics is really popular over there, so I think it's a bit easier. But mm-hmm. yeah, do you, here's an interesting one. If you do you think if you hadn't gone to Nottingham, you'd be in the position that you are now with GB and everything like that? Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, I like that. There's the confidence. There's yeah, I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't have ever quit. Like, I think once you once once you, you get that, once you get that dream in your head. Yeah, I mean, I came third in the world when I was 16, and I've been chasing that again ever since. So I think until I come like first, I'm I'm not I'm never gonna quit. Not gonna be satisfied. Yeah, it's just that thing. That's why I keep going. So, and there are loads of like 18 year olds coming up, and they're doing really really well, and I'm like. I still want to be number one, guys. <laughs> Just let me, I'm going to keep going until I until I get it. So I think, yeah, had I even not gone to uni or, and, you know, gone into something completely different, you know, I was looking at doing media for a bit. Um, the trouble is with, with media job, you need to be like there 24-7 for the news. Um, and I was like, I can't do that because I've got archery. I need to be away at weekends. So I think I always would have chosen this path. Yeah, I love that. As a, as a kid, did you find it hard potentially maybe not having as much time with um, family, friends, things like that? Or were you just so obsessed and loved archery that? No, I mean, I am obsessed and I do love archery, but I have a massive case of FOMO, like a lot. I mean, I have a, a really good friend. We've been friends for 20 years now, um, you know, since primary school. And um, yeah, she basically said that I'm her winter friend because during the, during the summer, she wouldn't see me. She was like, oh, bye nice to know you <laughs> and then I come back in the winter like hey what have I missed and she's like everything all of my birthdays you've missed all of the summer stuff yeah so because I my schedule is 20 23 weekends I compete 
usually well, 20 weekends that I go away so I mean out of 52 weeks it's yeah you know oh, it's a lot you got you got a few air miles under your belt oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah love that love that um here's an interesting one if you were to go back and do the whole archery thing again what would you do differently is, is there anything so we were chatting about this off screen before um and i know you were saying and this is a real scriven sort of saying that be an athlete first and then specialize i think if i was to start again so I'm, let's just say i'm a 13 14 year old kid i think what i would do is try and do athletics as well or gymnastics and archery because then i would become an like a my strength would have been built up through gymnastics. My lung capacity would have been built up through athletics, um, you know, and then that would have made me a better archer. Whereas I always just focused on archery. And then at 20, when I went to uni, I realized that, oh, running is good for you. So then I had to try and become a runner to help me. But had I just done that when I was a kid, it would have been much, much easier. I think it's it's interesting. I think a lot more people are getting into they're getting into the gym earlier yeah are they it's awesome but are they getting into strength i think there's two there's gym and there's strength conditioning yeah so i mean that's why i branded myself strength by lucy because i was like i i mean i look after well it's my sort of subtitle is like strength in mind strength in body love that that's cool oh I, I do believe mind. so it's quite um you know you have to be strong in minds but um you know strength in body there's so many people that will go into the gym and they just go on the treadmill and i'm like that's not i don't want people paying for that <laughs> i want people paying to get strong which is why i rebranded to strength by lucy because i was like that's what you're gonna get you're gonna get strength yeah you know and then but physical fitness comes from that you know um lung capacity comes from that yeah. you know good habits come from that so same as me aesthetic strength look good yeah. feel good perform good exactly, cool. exactly. I think if you can look after all of those things you'll be you'll be on the way to get into very very close to where you want to be for sure exactly um i love that so obviously all of this has opened up a lot of opportunities in terms of building your own business how have you found that journey yeah i think um i think this was this has been harder than the actual archery i mean yeah which is bizarre because I remember like, you know, as a kid, my, well, I mean, it was so helpful with my parents. They just kind of said, well, she seems to be good at this. We'll just put her name forward to GB team. And then I got on. Um, and then it's kind of, you know, you've been, I've been guided by coaches and stuff ever since. Whereas in the fitness world, it's quite, um, I mean, what I've been trying to do since COVID is trying to get everyone together. So like to create an association so that we can all help each other and, you know, potentially guide new people. And I've actually been working with the Professional Fitness Academy. I train people to become personal trainers, mainly because of my degree. I'm like, I might as well help the future. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think when I when I started, it was quite hard because you sort of had, you know, you have all the people like Wayne Stewart and stuff and they're the absolute, you know, he's like the godfather over here. You know, he does um, his bodybuilding and stuff. And it basically over here, it was just kind of bodybuilders um or the strength and conditioning guys so and then you know there were a couple of pts i knew about but it wasn't anyone i could really talk to and be like help how do i do this yeah. how do i run a business it's definitely uh 
running there's different i think there's a difference between going and working and just working in a commercial gym and like your fitness first where they're basically they are going to just to a certain degree feed you clients whereas yeah. you are literally just you are strength by lucy it's up to you whether you is it's there's a there's a pressure behind it because if you don't perform you don't get clients results you don't e- execute in sessions hey guess what don't put food on the on the table you don't put a roof over your head yeah you can't pay the mortgage yeah. yeah i mean i was very i was very very lucky because i i actually got a job at rad fitness um who were at the radisson um but it was an employee like an employee position mm-hmm. so luck i was because i because i go away so much i i knew that i couldn't go into media because i go away so much um strength and conditioning it's very you know there weren't many hours at the time i was doing the rugby club i was doing the jersey support foundation and then i was like i still have no money so I went into, you know, I needed PT to PT basically. Um, and I was really lucky to get an employee position because I get holiday day, holiday days. So, and for me, that was like the main thing I needed. I was like, I go away so much. I need holiday pay. Um, and I was just so fortunate. I worked there for six years. Um, their lease has just run up actually, but, um, damn it so um i'm all alone now no it's um so it's it's good like now i've got a client base i can just be by myself um but yeah at the time i was you know i mean with covid i'm not competing but at the time i was away so much that i was like i need holiday pay i need someone to just sort out my social to you know do all that kind of stuff and yeah i was just so fortunate to land in in the role and it was literally my friend who was like hey do you know any pts and i was like yeah I'm a PT give me a job (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I was just so lucky that I landed on it but you know I it did it took about two years to build up clients um but I was really lucky that some of the physios over here and like some really really good physios um like Lisa Mann they kind of cottoned on that I do corrective exercise so, I mean, I'm not really a PT. I'm a corrective exercise coach, performance enhancement, which is the athletes. And then I do the strength conditioning stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Lisa and a couple of other P- um, physios over here, they realized that I do corrective exercise. And they were like, look, we have people that have weak glutes, bad knees, fix them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I was, yeah, I was just really, really lucky. But it did take about two years for people to kind of know what I was doing. Yeah, it just can't, it, it doesn't, pe- people get impatient. It's like, I can't remember the statistic, like mo- most most businesses like end up failing within their first two years. It's like, One year, yeah. It's like, well, first year is like 60 odd percent. It's just because yeah. people, you ever seen that meme with the guy, the pickaxe and he's nearly at the diamonds and they give up? That's yeah. actually most people with businesses. They just don't, yeah. tick, don't tick their bix, boxes yeah. for long enough. Um, it's interesting what you say, yeah. it kind of comes back to um, everyone working together. I think even more so in Jersey, it's big in the fitness industry anyway, but everyone thinks there's not enough clients to go around. Everyone works against each other. Everyone's like, you piss yeah. off. This, this is my gym. What the, what the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, if you just work yeah. together and you collaborate, you can help so many more people. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I just, oh, it, I it really does. Um, but, but, but this is why, you know, this is why I've always, you know, kept in contact with, you know, Jersey Sport Foundation, John and stuff. Cause you know, he was like the, my, he was the best coach that trained me, you know? So I, I always say like, oh, this is a John Scriven special. You know, <laughs> there's like, 
Nick Dingle taught me loads because I worked with him at the rugby club as well. There's Jake Alaka, there's you, you know, like even learning from you, like, you know, I'm like, hey, Gran needs some help online. How do you do the online stuff? You know, <laughs> it's, you know, why, why work against people when you can work with them and learn from, you know, I learn from you guys because you know so much more about tech than I do. I learned from uh, Wayne Stewart about bodybuilding because I'm not a bodybuilder, you know. So I was like, hey, Wayne, how do you bodybuild? teach me so you know i've learned from him the calisthenics guys at nottingham trent i learned from them how to you know they they were really good teachers as well you've got to just you've got to learn from everyone and i think if if people worked in the industry together you everyone, know everyone succeeds everyone wins yeah but and, and the, i think the trouble is is that uh, maybe over here you know like construction okay yeah they're all against each other but they have an, a, an alliance that when COVID struck, they were together and they were like, do not shut us down. Whereas in the fitness industry, because we're all a little bit scattered, we, we needed an alliance for the government to actually recognize the industry. Yeah, completely. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of like my, I want the government to be like fitness industry. Let's go to all of them rather than, oh, maybe we should talk to that guy and maybe this person knows something and maybe that person knows something. And almost so, like a, a, a Jersey fitness governing body kind of thing. Yeah, which is kind of what we've, you know, we've all done. We, you know, we created like a little Facebook group and we can all chat in it and stuff, which is pretty cool. So, you know, if there are new PTs and I'm thinking, for, you know, for the Professional Fitness Academy as well, you know, when those PTs get enrolled and finish their course, they should just sign up and, you know, I mean, not even sign up they should just join yeah. <laughs> be really cool if they could almost be assigned like a mentor where there's yeah. somewhere they can reach out and ask questions to and and as i was saying before like you know a fresh pair of eyes helps you as a coach oh, massively because they'll ask you questions that you wouldn't have thought about for you know six years or something and you're like oh yeah that exercise <laughs> who i forgot about that one Pull -ups? And I, yeah. pull ups what are pull ups yeah so yeah like yeah i think it's all like especially coaching for the jersey um for the professional fitness academy some of the guys on it they like ask really cool questions and i'm like do you know what i'm not sure but let me get back to you tomorrow about that like i'm gonna check and just you know it's kind of it gets your learning going yeah it just challenges you in a different way yeah. um i do have a lot of coaches who listen to this um, or people who are aspiring to be coaches, what would your one piece of advice be for someone who's looking to get into the fitness industry? Um, me personally, I would do it through education. Um, so, I mean, there are so, there are so many courses out there that are like six weeks or, or six days or online or, or whatever. But um, I think I was just really lucky that I did it through a degree and actually that kind of it kind of put me, yeah, like, put me ahead a little bit quicker um 100%. so because because then as soon as you know physio caught onto that and was like oh you do corrective exercise it was much easier for me um whereas if you're if you're all the same level you're all like oh I've done a six-week course you're all the same level so you'd really have to educate yourself in in something to it, it's the unique selling point isn't it yeah so you that's know. yeah you need a unique selling point so 
I would say educate yourself in a specialized area or, you know, like if you do a particular sport like swimming or something, you'd be like, look, I help swimmers because I've done swimming. This is my unique selling point and I'm a PT. I've done my course. So, yeah, for sure. Do you know my top, my top tip? What's yours? Give a shit. <laughs> like actually care about people. Yeah. It's, 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 it's mind blowing, isn't it? But, oh my god it does my you head. know what i didn't think about that <laughs> that's so right. true i'm going i'm going i'm going back before the education just give a shit about people you know what fair enough like actually i'm gonna steal that simon <laughs> so like, simon taught me that actually giving a shit is actually more important it's so it's so simple but like a lot of it follows on from that if you give a shit about your clients yeah you're, you're not going to feed them shit knowledge yeah if you give a shit about your clients you're not going to brush them off if you give yeah. a shit about your clients, you're not going to feed them 800 calories and just not give a shit. Yeah, just so true. You're so right. Be, being a good human being goes a long way. I hate right. to break it to people. <laughs> yeah. And do, well, I mean, so during this time, I thought gyms would be open by now and um, they weren't. So I was like, do you know what, everyone? It's half price at the moment. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Given it, like, I, I really do give a shit about the people I coach. Yeah. So I was like, I just felt so bad that I can't see them in person that I was like, it's just half price, you know, until we're open again, let's just, let's just get you in front of, you know, your screen doing some stuff with me. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's, and but the, like, I don't know if people who know me, but I don't particularly want children. Um, that's just my lifestyle choice. Um, mainly because I still want to be number one in the world for archery. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when my, you get that, when you get that, you're coming back on this podcast. Yeah. And then I'll be like, maybe I'll have good now. Basically, clients, even if they're like 50, 60, 70, I've had some like 80 year olds that I've coached before. And I'm like, you're my child. Like they are my children. <laughs> so I worry about people all the time as if they were my kids. Yeah. Cause you give a I'm shit. Like, the same yeah oh look well, i i wear my heart on my sleeve so like i even if i i've had a couple of clients like you'll have the same people will pay up front for something or blah 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 and then don't quite stick to it and you're like yeah. come on yeah i know you're like just want to shake them like you've got this it's because, you, it's because you've got a shit you give but a shit whereas, what parents feel like yeah I, i'm a long way off that so <laughs> i'm a long long way off that. <laughs> yeah um i just want to touch on one last thing, obviously you went on your own kind of trance, like serious weight loss transformation at some point, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I did, yeah. And you just touched, a little, touched on that a little bit. That. It was a while ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so I was, before I went to university, I was a size eight, I was Miss Jersey. I was fit, healthy, I was on the GB team and I didn't even have to think about food. I think my dinner was generally most nights Cocoa Pops, and I would stay slim and it was all fine. Went to university and I drank a lot because I lived with rugby players and they drank a lot. And I was trying, I'm five foot one and I was trying to keep up with them and I put on a lot of weight. So I went from a size eight to a size, I don't wanna say it, but I was like pushing a 14, size 14. Like any girls who, who know that for a, for a short person, that's quite big. Um, although I refused to buy any 14 clothes, I was a 12. <laughs> um, but yeah, I came back here 
and it was actually John that uh, I was training all you guys and I was like yeah I'm a strength coach I'm really strong I mean I was deadlifting 120 when you're bigger you can deadlift really really heavy but I didn't feel good I like I was going to archery competitions and people were like oh you've put on weight and I was like yeah okay thank you um <laughs> brilliant thanks for that good <laughs> but um yeah i think it was something john said once in and we i don't know who we were coaching we were coaching someone and they were kind of chatting about food or something and then i was like yeah i should probably sort sort my shit out now and um john was like yeah you should go for it like and then like the next day that was it i was just like okay right i've got three weeks um Oh, that was it. We had, I had a uh, three weeks until BBC sports personality of the year. And that was up in Scotland. So because we came second in the European championships, um, the three archery girls, including myself, we were invited to go. So this was the national thing. I knew I was going to be on national TV and I was like, okay, I need to sort this out. And then I lost weight. <laughs> and it was just like that. I was like, I need to do it. So I did it. Um, but it took so long for my brain to be like, do it. And, and this is the frustrating thing when I look at clients and I'm like, guys, I've been there. I'm, I mean, I was, I was going to say I was depressed. Like, you know, I I had lost my father who, you know, is my coach as well. So I was, I was comfort eating. I was drinking at uni, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, right. Okay it's time, sort yourself out, you've got a goal, go for it. And yeah, I got back down to like a size 10 within three three weeks or something like that, literally by food. It was get rid of the sugar, get rid of the alcohol, get rid of the coffee, get rid of everything nice. <laughs> and for me, I had to just reset and it was meat and veg and it was literally only meat and veg and my body just reset. And yeah, I've, I've managed to keep keep the weight off since because now it's it's not like a, a diet I have to do. It's more like, just keep the lifestyle, keep the healthy lifestyle. Yeah, it's amazing how, sorry. But you you kind of went through something similar like a little while ago, didn't you? You just, yeah. you, you, you said something like you felt a bit podgy poo and- Yeah, so like it, was, it was off the bat, like I had some bad injuries. So I was out of rugby for like a good yeah, like seven, seven, eight months, came off the back of a bad breakup and things like that. And yeah. Just, you know, it's like you, you're comfy, you're go, go, going out, having a few drinks, and all of a sudden I found myself in a position where I wasn't comfortable. And yeah. I, was, I, I said it openly and honestly, like when I got my girlfriend, Julia, I'm at with at the moment, it's the first time I've ever even been like, shit, I don't want to take my top off. Right. And I'd never I'd never had that feeling. And I think that's so nice to hear a guy say that yeah. because Obviously, guys don't yeah. usually say that. And it's, you know, it's really hard for people to, you know, it, it's really hard for people to voice that and you know if if actually if people just said i feel uncomfortable having my top off then they're probably more likely to do something about it yeah it's taking i do i spoke about this with kieran the mindset guy literally yesterday and we're saying lots of people they feel these feelings and they push it down and they just fight yeah. it fight it fight it the best thing and you can do guess what you end up eating yeah well you cover you know, up those it, feelings it, it could literally be anything you can eat <laughs> You can not eat. Some people don't eat. Some people, uh, that's true. Some, yeah. some people go and buy expensive shit. Yeah. yeah. Some people go and be a fucking asshole on a night out and start fights. Like yeah. everyone's coping mechanism is different. But if you just like acknowledge those feelings, like yeah. Kieran says to me, take those feelings out, imagine them in front of you and go, oh, hey, mate, funny seeing you again. Yeah. And then if it's still there, pick it up, squeeze it into ball. And for me, I kick it off the fucking balcony like a rugby. <laughs> 
Okay? But it's unbelievable. But just by letting it come up, acknowledging it. Then you can do something about it. You keep pushing that down. That shit's just going to get stronger, 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 stronger. And it's going to come back and eat you up. Yeah. And I mean, well, it, I mean, it took me quite a long time just to deal with um, like my, my dad dying. So I, as you're saying, like I was pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. But that was showing on my my weight. So I was getting I was pushing the feelings down, but getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And like clearly there was something not right and um yeah and it was john he was like you know is it time you know are you are you ready now and i'm like yeah do you know what john i feel ready <laughs> and it was honestly it was like literally like a light bulb came on and i didn't even need to think about losing weight i just lost the weight and it was oh it was amazing i mean after the covid business i wish i could have that feeling again but <laughs> it's all about just being healthy now and you know yeah. with the whole pandemic going on people are pretty stressed and turning to alcohol and stuff and i'd like to sort of say to them like please just talk about it yeah. why are you drinking why are you eating what's going on yeah it's just it's literally it comes back to just like your position when you were there back then is having that tight inner circle it's having someone to one support you and guide you but in the nicest possible way someone to call your fucking shit as well yeah and i think that's what you know that's the best thing about a pt or a coach or whatever like we're there like come on you've got this come on i'm here for you just tell me your shit and then we can do it and that's what you're waiting for really and i've seen some people and they get that light bulb moment and i'm like you're having it you've got it you've got it now and then honestly within a couple of weeks they're like fitter healthier then they feel better then they do more then they feel even better, you know, and it's it's a positive cycle rather than a negative one. Results are like compound interest. Yes. The more the more you win, the more you win long term. Right. For sure. Massively. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll start to we'll wrap it up there because otherwise I think we'd literally end up talking. We could about talk for hours. <laughs> yep. I could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, literally, it's literally our job to chat to people. Literally. Oh, I'm missing it so much. <laughs> no, just on another, just a little tangent here. It's funny. Everyone asks me, like, what's the hardest part about being a personal trainer, online coach, anything like that? And do you know what it is? In my eyes, it's the people skills. Mm. So many people can't, like, if you've got a, a, a brand new client, you've never met them in your life, and you've, so got be, you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be one-on-one with them in a gym, and you can't make that shit feel awkward. Like, you've yeah. got to be able to make conversation out of nothing. That's the hard I mean, thing. I, I know, and I say to, like, like, many of my clients would have heard me say this, but I'm like, oh, I've got a newbie now. I'm really nervous. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you nervous? And I'm like, oh, I want them to like me. Like, I, I just get nervous because I'm like, I want them to feel chill with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've got little, I, I, used to, I used to be a little bit, I've had a bit of a mindset switch now. And I literally see it as I'm doing this person a disjustice by not helping them. Yeah. There's a different way, a bit of a different kind of Ooh. mindset. Rather, rather than getting that nerve, and there's another one, did you know that if you want a roller coaster, I'm literally like quoting Kieran right now. Um, <laughs> I'm literally I've quoted him for this whole podcast. So if you were on a roller coaster and you took like a blood sample before you got on the, the fear and you took it whilst you were on it, like enjoying it, your blood would be exactly, yeah, your blood would be exactly the same. Your blood would, but yeah, okay. In terms of like your hormone response, pretty much. Hormone so response, goes, right, yeah. yeah hormone, hormone response. So in terms of like yeah, you're right. fear and excitement are actually the same thing. So just thing for me is on the whenever you're scared just remember on the other side of that is excitement yeah well i love it and that's what i'm missing right now new people 
connecting with people yeah it's um it's been difficult and I find like this stuff is great but it's for me I'm, I'm a very sociable person I need people so yeah I've, I found it quite difficult actually during COVID like not not being in physical range with people yeah I like want to move your hips and stuff for the yeah. plank and yeah and just you know this is great and you can talk to and people in business and stuff you know they're doing all their zoom meetings but at the same time it's it's difficult because it's not actually contact but um that's why I say hat hats so I've said I said I want to like put it out there in the world as well as hats off to Adam my business coach because this whole year whilst most people have been doing webinars he, he went out of his way to make sure that his did his mastermind in person this year and it was one of the most life-changing experiences of my life so cool yeah, that's really cool that's incredible I'm really proud of you <laughs> is, that, is that okay to say hundred <laughs> percent I so, say that about all you guys though, like all you all you rugby lads and and you know Jersey Sport Foundation people that I see, like Ollie Turner and stuff as well. And I'm like, oh, I feel so proud of all of you Stu guys. As well. Yeah. Stu's Stu's gonna be close to that top top five hundred in the He's world. He's doing so well. Like I know this is crazy, but this is what I'm saying. Like I feel like a parent. Everyone you coach, it's like, yes, I'm proud. Like you feel their pride when they do well in life, which is cool. And do you know why? Because you give a shit. Because <laughs> I give a shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm stealing that. Oh, yeah. Well, honestly, guys, thank you very much. And a massive thank you, Lucy. Do you want to just let everybody know your social media so people can go and follow you and things? Yeah. So uh, my social media is Strength by Lucy. Boom. Super, super, super simple. Guys, thank you very much. Please screenshot this, pop it on your story, tag both me and Lucy. And I will see you next week in episode 16. Keep crushing it and have a good one, everyone.